Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu rasulullah. You're listening to Today Islam. We're broadcasting almost live all the way from the Muslim Center of Somerset County in Somerville, New Jersey. How about that? Yes, excellent. Everybody's excited. Just let everybody know you're here. I'll say salamu alaikum and then I need you to be real loud so everybody know you're here. Salamu alaikum. Not bad. That's a 3.2 on the Richter scale. Not bad at all. Minor earthquake. Alhamdulillah. I shouldn't say that. They'll blame us for that, won't they? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Anything goes wrong, Muslims did it. Isn't that right? Tornado, hurricane, earthquake. Huh? Alhamdulillah. Bad rap. <laughs> you got that. Alhamdulillah. Actually, that's a proof. This is a proof in itself that when the innocent are charged with something that they didn't do, persecuted for it, punished for it, and they're patient, then they've fallen into the category with all of those before who went through the same thing. And this is not new, is it? Didn't the people from all the times of all the prophets go through the same thing? So what's your problem? No problem. Alhamdulillah. It happened at the time of Noah, when he built the ship, and the people persecuted him, and anybody that followed him immediately made fun of him. They want to run him out of town. You know, it's okay, he floated out. <laughs> he left so did they okay let's do this real quick I like to have fun whenever I do stuff and uh, I don't like to be boring I like to try to learn something new and uh, when we're talking about some of the proofs of Islam I thought it would be interesting to mention something for instance when we talk about Noah how many of you know anything about this story something about the story Okay. it's mentioned in Quran it's mentioned in the Bible it's mentioned in the Old Testament or the book of Genesis of the Bible. And it's mentioned throughout the Quran because the Quran doesn't uh, compartmentalize the message. It's through the whole entire Quran the same way. So you'll find Abraham referred to in the very first book, peace be upon him, and then all the way through the other books too, you know, because uh, it's a relative uh, story. In the case of Noah a.s., uh, it's interesting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Quran, where the ark landed, the ark or the ship of Noah is pinpointed and tells you exactly where it landed. So if you want to prove Islam is wrong, all you have to do is just prove that one statement is wrong. Isn't that right? Because as Muslims, we say the Quran is exactly 100% free of any interpolation and free of any kind of... Uh, Error, mistakes, contradiction. Contradiction is the word I'm looking for. The translation of what Allah said in the Quran, it, that it has no contradictions. If it were from other than Allah, you would find in it many contradictions. And so let's look and see where he said. He said it landed on Mount what? Mount Judy. The Bible says Ararat. Now make up your mind. Is it Ararat or Mount Judy? The Bible said Ararat. 
Now, there are many people trying to prove that it's on Mount Ararat. They even have a video, and I checked it out of the library, and it shows that there's some kind of a, a, a long thing up there, and they're showing this, uh, it looks like an old building or something that's halfway falling down the mountain. It's a very interesting video. But it's kind of hard for me to buy that that building was uh, actually the ark. It's real long, though, and it's saying that this has been preserved by the ice, you know, since Noah. But, but for us... You're, you know, you're calculating something that could be like ten or 20,000 years ago. And that's pretty cool, but it's interesting that the Quran tells us that the Bible came from Allah. So now we've got a new problem. Because if the Quran said the Bible came from Allah, how could it have a mistake in it? Right? It says Ararat, and Quran said Mount Judy. Well, guess what? Go get a map out and look at it, and you'll find it. The Mount Judy is in a mountain range called Ararat. So both are correct. So both are correct. Only difference is it won't be Mount Ararat in the Ararat mountain range. It will be Mount Judy. Okay? And I did see a picture of something that gives an outline on Mount Judy that shows something that could have been a ship at that time, and Allah knows best. It really doesn't matter very much about that because we're not trying to prove somebody's right or wrong. We're just trying to learn something. But look at this. It's very interesting. Uh, a side note is that the people who live there today, do you know what they're called? What are those people called? The people live there. That's the area, the Ararat range there, this area of people who live there are called what? Come on, guys. Kurdish. Well, uh, it's a dispute. It's a dispute because the Kurdish say it's their land, but they have no boundaries, do they? So if, if it is Iraq or if it's Iran or if it's Turkey... But everybody's saying that it's sure not Kurdistan. Nobody wants to accept Kurdistan except the Kurds, right? Isn't that true? So what happened? Well, how we can find out is by going back and looking at the history of words. Judy. Judy. Later became pronounced Kudi. Kudi. And later Kurdi. And Kurdi became the Kurds. And that's Kurdistan. And that's exactly where the word came from, from Judy. From the mountain where Noah landed. These are the descendants of who? Noah, salam. And if you're there first, you don't need to make boundaries, do you? The only ones that need to put up fences and boundaries are the ones moving in on you, huh? Huh? Hey, my ancestors know all about this. We've been moving in on folks for years. When we came to this country, to America, we started down in Jamestown. We started putting boundaries out right away. Said, this is ours, up to here. Let you know we're claiming up to here. And then, don't look, but tomorrow we're going to be, uh, we're going to move the fence while you're sleeping. <laughs> and that's how we move in. We encroach. And that's the way colonization takes place, is that you just kind of like go in and take over. The way the British went into India, the way that... Uh, these are my answers. I can talk about them all I want to, by the way. You know, I can say what I want to say. Can you talk about your relatives? But you're right, isn't it? Okay, I can talk about my grandfather too, can I? So anyway, alhamdulillah. 
The thing we want to keep in mind, though, is that the reason for us to discuss these things isn't to try to, to put anybody down or to insult anybody, but rather for us to have a better understanding of where we are today and where we're going tomorrow. Sometimes we have to look backward to get kind of a direction of where we've been going and see if that's what we want to continue to do. And if not, let's learn from mistakes and not make those mistakes. It's common sense. So I want to talk about some of the proofs. And we were talking about that the prophets, peace be upon all of them, had people, or kaum, it is called in Arabic language, who followed them. And the people who followed the prophets were very, very, very frequently, if not totally, in every case, persecuted, persecuted, persecuted by the people who want to deny the prophets. Is that true or false? Yes. For our Christian brothers, they can relate to that very readily because it's well known that the first couple centuries after Isa, salam, Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, his followers were persecuted very, very heavily. Isn't it true? And it's admitted in the Bible itself that the one called Saul, who later became Paul, got himself a new name after he used to be Saul the Christian killer, he became known as Paul the Apostle. Although he never really saw Jesus, it's still he was a person who said good things about Jesus later. But he admits in his own saying that he was there when they persecuted one of the early companions of Jesus to death. They stoned the man to death, and that was Stephen. So, and that's not the only case. There were others who were thrown to lions, some to bears, and some to the gladiators. And they had no weapons. They would just beat them up and uh, take their swords, cut their heads off, cut off parts of their bodies and things like that, torture them. And the people were cheering and laughing and having fun, good sport, and rape their women, take away their property, and mutilate them and then kill them. So if that's correct, that this happens to the people who follow the prophets, then it's actually an honor to be patient. Well, these disbelievers do that to a group of people. Wouldn't that make sense? Well, so let's look around the world today and see is any of that going on. Is there any place in the last ten years where some people were following their religion and suddenly people around them started to turn against them and slaughter them and kill them, chop off their heads, kill their babies, move in on them, encroach on their land, steal their property, take their uh, goodies away from them and, uh, and then on top of that lie about them. Did, any, did you ever hear of such a case? Oh, you're going to give me the list. Okay, let's see. Well, all right. Yeah, you got a point there. We got uh, Bosnia, we got Kosovo, we got Chechnya, we got Kashmir, we've got. Uh, how am I doing? Don't forget the big one Philistine. Philistine. I want to say Philistine. I'm going to tell you why I want to say Philistine. That's Arabic, isn't it? Is it Philistine? Yeah. What is it called in the Bible? What are the people called in the Bible? who were from there. Philistines. Yeah, Philistine. It still said Philistine in the Bible today. So I'll use the Arabic word. Why do I need to Anglicanize it or Latinize it and call it Philistine? It's Philistine. Always was, always will be, I guess. huh? So, because they're saying these people have no right on the property. That's basically what they're saying. Is that true? 
Well, that's interesting when you consider that their book, which it's mentioned where? It's in the book mentioning in the Old Testament, talking about the story of David and Solomon. And who they fought against was the people who lived there. Who were the people that lived there? Because remember, the Jews were transients. They're moving around, right? So the people that lived in that land were called what? Philistines. Okay, so I guess you kind of establish the fact they've been there longer than anybody. Oops. Oops. And the fact that those people chose to become Muslim and follow the religion of Moses, the religion of Abraham, the religion of Jesus, and the religion of Muhammad these days, for some reason those people who used to follow the religion of Moses and now suddenly going back and claiming this is their land. That's kind of interesting too, isn't it? I'm trying to make a distinction between history and his story. Because if you know real history, you can realize that when somebody begins to try to tell you his story. And there is a definite difference. I'm going to ask you a question. Now, we got some youth with us today. And for those of you, how many of you going to school? Raise your hand. How many of you going to school? Including universities. Okay. Okay. Now, my question to you is, who discovered America? Hello? Say it real loud. Huh? Columbus. He discovered America. Is that true? What year did Columbus discover America? 1492. Hey, you guys are pretty sharp. 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's the way the poem begins. But if you can read the whole poem and you'll find he didn't really, he never did wind up in Washington, D.C., by the way. He never made it to New York or Hollywood. And the reason is because he never even put his fat little feet on any of the soil that's connected with what we call the United States today. He landed in the what? He landed in the islands. Down where Trinidad, Tobago, the Bahamas. And because he landed in October of 1492, I can understand why he'd rather go down there. His travel agent probably got him a good deal at the Holiday Inn. Much better weather, huh? He didn't even know he was there, did he? He thought he was where? India. Yeah, because he was trying to go to Hind. Hind. He wanted to get to Hind for the open a spice trade going the other way. So he didn't even know where he was. That's amazing. Why would a person take off and go like he did? Well, the story that I heard was that he was a very brilliant person and that he was watching the sea one day and he noticed that the ships, when they sailed away, they get smaller, but he noticed that he could still see the tops of the ships, the mast. And he wondered, why could you still see the mast? And how, if it got smaller, that the whole thing didn't just get smaller until you couldn't see it anymore? And then he theorized off of that, oh, because they're going around the world and the world is round. Well, that's pretty good, and I'm sure that that's a nice story. The problem with that is that people have been watching that happen for centuries and nobody ever thought of that before. Why didn't he just think that they just disappeared and fell off the edge of the earth like everybody else? Because that's what they used to say, the earth was flat and they fell off the earth. Or maybe it could have been a low place in the water, you know, kind of like a dip. <laughs> think about it. And then think about this. 
The people with him on the ships were who? How many of you know the real story of, of, of this? Okay, who were the people? No. No. Yes. Yes. They were prisoners. They were prisoners. Way to go. All right. Pay attention to this man. He knows what he's talking about. This is what our history books tell us. These were prisoners. They jerked them out of prisons. And, they, and the reason, the excuse they give is what? Well, if they're prisoners anyway, we'll let you go free, providing you'll go with him out to sea. And if you die, we don't care if we lose you, but if you make it, then you'll be free. That's, the, that's what the history books told me in 1950s when I was still going to school reading about those kind of things. Okay? That's what it said. Got it? I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Would you personally, right now, like to go to some unclaimed place in space NASA is going to give you the three rocket ships, okay? And you're going to go, and they're going to go to the prisons, and they're going to open them up and grab three shiploads of nothing but criminals, and they're going to go with you. And these guys are hijackers and terrorists and everything, and you're going to take these guys with you, and you're going to go to some unclaimed place. Are you ready? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now you're, you're going to face a dilemma. If you, if you follow this train of thought, you're going to face a dilemma. A problem is going to come up in your mind. You're going to have to ask yourself, because history says that they came to these places in, in what's now the Bahamas and the islands down there. What's the rest of that called? The Caribbean. Yeah. I was just down there, by the way. I couldn't remember the name of it. I was in Curacao. Very nice, by the way. But you know what? How could it be that three shiploads of criminals, pirates and thugs and terrorists or whatever they were, murderers, why didn't they just like pop this Captain Hook or whatever his name is, Christopher Columbus, why didn't they just knock him off the ship, take over and go? Go back to being criminals. They got three ships and everything they need, right? Well, they gave their word, right? Well, you know criminals, they give you their word. <laughs> yeah, right. So what is it about these people? And by the way, all of them went. None of them reneged. None of them turned back. None of them became, you know, uh, what do you call it when you go against the captain of the ship? Mutiny. They didn't do any of that mutiny stuff. I'm glad I'm here where people know English, by the way. It helps me a lot. <laughs> My master's in English, by the way. He wouldn't believe that, would you? Anyhow, what I'm saying, if you think about it, how we got three shiploads of criminals, they're willing to go out here, they're not afraid, they don't mutiny, they stick it out, they go through storms and everything, and when they land, now here's another thing, they land in a tropical paradise. If you've never been there, you should go. It is breathtaking to visit this area of the Caribbean and see these islands, and there's so many of them. Many of them still don't have any... Uh, uh, buildings or anything on them. Some of them are still laying there ready for somebody to go live on these islands. They're beautiful. So why would they want to come back? That's a good question, isn't it? But it's mentioned in the diary of Columbus that they found people there. There were people living there already. 
So why not just like hang out with these guys? Why do I need to go back where they met throw me in prison again? Because there's nothing saying that government is going to hold up their word. I think it's time for us to discover some truth, okay? There's some other event that took place in that same year, 1492, in the same place, Spain, with the same characters, Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand. Who will tell me what happened in January of that year? Anybody? Huh? No, the Inquisition occurred about ten years later. Not even that, but yeah, say ten years later. No, 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 something important involving the people I mentioned. And the printing press wasn't involved in, invented by Queen Isabella. But nice try. <laughs> Who did? Spanish defeated the Muslim? The Muslims were Spanish. Okay, let's get it straight now. Let's get it straight. For 750 years, Spain was ruled by Islam. These people were either Muslims, Jews, or Christians, and they all lived side by side doing pretty good. But something had broken out over the 50 years prior, or a little bit longer, maybe the 100 years prior. The Muslims began to fight against themselves and establish small little kingdoms, competing with each other, taking away things from each other, and fighting each other, even killing each other, and then they enlisted the help of the Christians and paid them in gold to fight against each other. Until the Christians had enough gold and wealth that they were pretty well on their own feet. They enlisted, the Christians enlisted the help. By the way, these were Christians, not Catholics. These were other than Catholic. They enlisted the aid of the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church sent in their crusaders who came over and helped them beat the Muslims down to zero. In the meantime, the rest of the Muslim world from Morocco had come over once and helped them get their dignity back, set everything back up, and they won. But the condition was, and the emir of Morocco said, I'm not coming back and help you again if you start fighting each other. But sure enough, they began killing each other again and setting up their kingdoms the same way, which is forbidden in Islam. And this time... The Moroccan emir did not help them, nor did Allah. And they went all the way down the tubes, as we say. And in January the 12th, 1492, the last khalifa or emir for Spain signed over and abdicated his position in favor of King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella as representatives of the Catholic Church, and that's how they took over. That's how it came about. And there was a condition. In fact, there were a lot of conditions. One of them was that they were not going to persecute the Muslims and they were not going to force them to accept Christianity and that they were not going to make anybody responsible for what had happened. They would be, let's make it all neutral, call it even, we'll go back to living in peace together. They did not adhere to what they said and by July of that year, as we already discovered, Christopher Columbus was taking off with three shiploads of these same prisoners who were what? Muslims. And by the way, many of them had already been out to sea and they knew a lot. And the charts that they had, because they used charts to come over, because Christopher Columbus refers to the charts that he had. You cannot chart something where you've never been there before. And he had charts. These charts also belonged to the Muslims. And one of the, his first mate on the ship was a Jew. 
by the way. So the Jews and the Muslims had cooperated in the past and they were trying to build something to, as a trade route to come over and they had been over here to America before that. There's other proofs of that. For instance, a lot of the uh, words from the Indians and their, even their tribal names were Arabic words. And in Arabic, always the name of something pre is preceded by the article D, Al. So you go through and find the uh, Indian words today, the different tribes that had encountered the Muslims, and you'll find words like Algonquin. And Al in front of it means the. So these are just a couple of little tips for you to think about when you want to do some his story again and find out what's really going on. Christopher Columbus made three trips, and those three trips... The same people came back with him again. Why didn't they run away? Why did they come back? When people give their word as Muslims, they're not allowed to break their word regardless who they gave it to. Okay? So now we have a little bit better understanding of what's going on. You might ask the question, well, if Muslims had been here, how come that they didn't establish something like the British did? Well, because in Islam it's forbidden for us to do it that way. We're not allowed to go in and, and murder and slaughter people and steal their land. You say, oh, you're being awful hard on the British. No, I'm telling you what my ancestors did. The fact is that they were here in the mid-1500s, less than 50 years after the Spanish had come here, the British came over here. They landed in a place called Jamestown. They didn't last very long. All of them died except one young boy. They brought him back in 1572. And then in 1611, another group came, and this time they couldn't make it. They were having a horrible time. They were going to die. The local Indians came to their rescue and fed them and taught them how to grow gardens and, and their plants and showed them about beans and uh, showed them about corn, maize, how to fish over there. They showed them many things, but they still didn't succeed. In the next winter, they almost died again. So the Indians came to their rescue again and saved them again. And the next year, and the next year, and the next year. I just came back from Jamestown, and this is a part of the historic record of the United States of America. This is what they teach officially history of the United States. That for 12 years, these people were living like parasites on the backs of the Indians. And it was not until the 12th year when these people were totally independent and able to take care of themselves that they stood up and began to slaughter every single one of the Indians around them. Nice folks, eh? We'll be back after some important messages. You're listening to Today Islam. We're broadcasting almost live all the way from Somerville, New Jersey. Visit us on the internet at www.todayislam.com.